and welcome to this season of the Feminist Voices Podcast. My name is Bailey, and I'm one of the 2019-2020 Feminist Narratives Coordinators. This season, we sat down with student artists at Stanford to talk about their artistic journeys and learn about how they maintain their creative practices while at Stanford. In this episode, I sat down with June to hear about their work as a visual artist and digital media creator. We hope you enjoy. Okay, so my name's June. I use they them pronouns. Types of art. I mean, like, I guess, like, a lot of different things. I think my main just, like, goal in general is that I like making games of any kind, like video games, but also, you know, like, card games and shit like that. Other than that, I've done a lot of, like, watercolor work in the past. I, like, took, like, a bookmaking class. I'm trying to get into animation now because I have a lot of friends in it. Yeah, I guess I'm just kind of all over the place. I like anything that's interactive. Can you say more about where that interest in games came from? I think it was like really, really early when I was like a kid on the internet. And you know when you used to play those like flash games and stuff? Like I was on addictinggames.net or whatever the fuck it's probably called. And I played all those flash games. I didn't know that they were made in flash. And I was like, oh, well, I also want to like animate because that's really cool. Because I was like very into cartoons. I loved the Powerpuff Girls. And so I was just like, oh, I want to like learn how to animate. And so I like got like a free trial of flash. And then I realized that like people use flash to make the games. And then I was like, what if I made the games? And then I like started doing programming. And now I'm a CS major. <laughs> and so I guess, I'm, yeah, isn't that weird? That. <laughs> that's crazy. I'm trying to double major art practice. How does being in a place like Stanford impact your art practice? I, like, sometimes I think about, like, oh, like, fuck, like, what if I went to, like, art school or something? Because, like, I feel like all of the other friends that I've made through art or other friends that I've made who do art, like, they are all, they're all at art schools now. So I guess I just kind of am, like, what, what would happen if I was only surrounded by other people who do art? The queer art student and the trans art student are, like, a very specific archetype that, like, meshes really well. I guess it's really just, like, a social thing is that like I, I feel like if I were to do something somewhere else that it would be more bouncing off ideas of, off of other people. I think that Stanford's very unique in that we have more like money to do things when Stanford feels like it. Like I don't think that Stanford actually cares that much about their art department. I feel like if they did we probably would have like Adobe licenses and stuff like that but we don't. It's weird because it feels like the community is a little bit small but maybe it's just because I'm not that integrated into it. I'm also very curious about like this question of like community. You said that you're not like super integrated in the community, but like do you know like if you wanted to be like where you would like find it? I feel like I'm not really that associated with it. I feel like when people know me, they do like know that I do art and shit, but I don't think that people think of me as one of the like Stanford artists TM. You know, like one thing about Stanford culture in general is that it is very reputation based. People o operate in a networky kind of way. I just feel like because I don't really operate in those circles, like I'm like kind of outside of that. And the people who I am like close friends with who are inside of that are like not in the media that I would be in also. How do you maintain and sustain your practice while at an institution like Stanford? Is more about like introspection, which I think is a little bit hard to do here because you're everybody's like just so busy. But I guess just like the only solution that I've had is just to legit like just take classes because otherwise I just don't have any time for art in general because I'm like I need to like why would I be doing that when I need to sleep more or I need to like eat mm -hmm. more so. That's super 
uh, what do you believe the role of an artist is like on and off campus? I'm one of those people who like defines art in the sense that it's supposed to evoke some sort of like emotion from you. I don't know that an artist in a general sense like has a role. I will say that I guess I'm like drawn towards art that brings about like understanding and empathy and like that's a part of like me being trans and like wanting to make art about being trans and like I'm also like more drawn to like activist art um but also you know like if you want to like paint some flowers that are so pretty that it makes someone cry like go right ahead I'm not gonna stop you I'm not gonna say that that's less important than activist work I wouldn't say that artists necessarily have a specific role, but that's Can just kind of... Can you speak more on the intersection of art and activism? I don't necessarily go about things in a way of, like, I want this to be an activist piece, but I think that in writing about your own experiences as a marginalized person, like, it becomes sort of like a work of activism in, in the sense that your existence in a space is often just politicized already, so, like, that kind of bringing awareness or, like, understanding with that. You know, like, sometimes people, like, know about it, you know, you've read the fucking, like, Vox articles, but, like, I think that without something more moving in the form of art, sometimes people don't actually fully conceptualize that kind of thing, so I think that that's really important. And kind of on the other side of that, what's your stance on the separating art from the artist debate? Okay, so I'm gonna say that music is different than everything else because of the way that the music industry is set up. I think that you should still be able to, when somebody makes a piece of art and you are drawn to that and you get something out of that and you get some emotion out of that, I don't wanna say that you shouldn't be getting or feeling those things out of it, but I don't, but also I don't think that that means that you should necessarily be lauding the person who made that if that is evocative of like from when they made that has some sort of problematic past or you know like that that is related to that or you know because I think that people should be able to get out of art what they want to get and that um, the way that you sort of like internalize that is just something that is personal to you and doesn't need to be with the other person. I think it's a different situation when that interaction loop is monetized like it is in the music industry. If you feel some type of way about a song, I'm not going to say that you should stop feeling that way about the song. But what I am saying is that maybe you don't stream that song and give money to the person who is a shithead. And so I think that that's really what it is about for me, you know, like if you fucking like pirate it and then <laughs> download it and listen to it a bunch of times, I'll be like, do what you want. I wouldn't do that, but do what you want, and I'm not going to be mad at you for that. You know how, quote unquote, cancel culture. People need to be held accountable for their actions, but I feel like at a certain point, if the person fully understands like what has gone wrong and what they need to do to fix it, and they take the steps to fix it, and they take the steps to apologize, I don't think that there's that much more that you can ask for. And like there are levels of egregiousness to errors that some people make that like can never be forgiven unless it is very clear the person in question like doesn't fully understand like the consequences of their actions and that like the people who are like still like listening to them are like you know like just perpetuating that kind of thing like that is a problem but I also feel just like in general like nothing is a hundred percent black and white if somebody makes a mistake they should at least have 
the opportunity to correct that, if not for them, for the people who they've hurt. I'm curious if you know what you want your art to say when you begin the process, or does it like evolve as you work on it? I think it's different for different pieces. Sometimes I'll go into a piece and I'll just be like, yeah, I want to evoke this emotion. I feel like when you're designing something that is interactive, that is like kind of what you need to be thinking about the whole time, because otherwise if you don't like do it just so, then the emotion won't come out the way that you want it to. And you kind of need to tweak it a bunch of times to do that. I think that if you're doing something that is very like close and personal to you and that it's more just like unpacking a, a subject, I'll like go into it, just kind of see what happens. And sometimes that that just like comes out. I did this piece on grinder hookups and shit like that. And like this like really bad period of time in my life that was just kind of like allowing myself to have really bad standards and like men and white men, <laughs> white cis men, just fucking all my shit up. I just kind of like went into that topic and just like made a art book about it and just saw what happened and it was, it was good. Or at least that's kind of my favorite piece that I've done right now, but I don't know. Like I, I feel like sometimes it, it works different ways, but most of the time I will be, I will go into, into something thinking about what I want somebody to feel from that. How do you see your other identities coming out in your work? I talk about trans shit kind of a lot. I have like kind of a complex history with my native identity. I'm Hawaiian and you know, like I, I just feel like there's like a weird sort of relationship with that in that growing up in Virginia, I don't know, I guess I had like plenty of opportunities to reconnect with my culture in, in like different ways, but part of me just feels like not as valid as other people and I know that that's like not a thought that should happen because it's not true but I don't know I just feel like I'm not as equipped to talk about those kinds of things and I mean a part of that is I feel like a lot of like gatekeeping of like you know like me feeling like I'm not as Hawaiian because I like and didn't like grow up in Hawaii or like you know I'm not as native because I'm not like from continental America and there's like a lot of like things in those kinds of spaces of like not enough, in my opinion, not enough like native and indigenous solidarity between like different communities. It just kind of comes up just kind of being like ambiguously not white and like the way that that is perceived that just kind of, you know, comes up sometimes. I did make this like baby piece that was just like colonialism stole my gender, <laughs> which, you know, it's like a little bit true. Like the fact that a lot of like native and indigenous cultures like have varying perspectives on gender and like gender outside the binary and that a lot of those identities were erased because of colonists who like came in were just like this is unholy or you know whatever i guess i'm just kind of like still in a place where i'm re-exploring that part of identity because i have been talking about being trans for so long that it's just like, guess it's time to unpack my other shit. <laughs> what is something that you believe essential and or essential to your craft? Being able to think about making something that is true to how you want other people to feel about it, but is also honest in yourself. And how to put the honesty and the self-expression first before, you know, tweaking the whole audience aspect of it 
because it's weird going into something and being like this is for me to do whatever I want with it or unpack shit in in this space of art and then be like time to turn it in for a class <laughs> how do I make it so that other people sort of get the same thing out of it yeah I feel like that's pretty core in in games and in like the kinds of games that I want to make do you feel like you approach your work differently when you're like making it for a class? Do you feel like good work comes out of the stuff that you make for classes? Good work definitely comes out of the stuff that I make for classes. I will say that like, you know, like not every prompt is amazing. Sometimes it's like, whatever, I'm just gonna throw this shit on and hope that I like it eventually and that I never do. I try to put as much work into my classwork such that it's something that actually feels like productive and cathartic for me which is I think why I end up spending so much time on my art classes because it's like yeah there are like there are arbitrary restrictions that kind of get placed on that kind of stuff but I don't know that it necessarily stifles anything unless I feel like the the prof is just not ready for what I'm about to dish out or whatever you know which has happened a couple times um thank you so much for letting us interview you I'm wondering if you have any places where people can see your work either online or in person yeah my uh, online portfolio is located at jkburkle.com b-u-r-k-l-e um so like most of the shit that i really like is just gonna be there thank you so much yeah thank you so much for listening tune in next week where we speak with kathy young about their practice in visual art